Have you ever been asked to do the one thing you dreaded most? Often we find ourselves stuck at a crossroads, the place in our journey when we realize that the old way of doing things is no longer working. Learning to pivot brings freedom in life and business. When life provided the opportunity, I left corporate America to start my first business in 2004 while raising my twins. In 2021, we left the only life we had ever known and moved across the country to start over. There were more questions than answers and the road ahead was unclear. However, we decided to let faith, not fear, be our compass. Today, we are building the life of our dreams. With my background in marketing and a decade in the photography industry, I know how to help entrepreneurs shine online and share their talents with the world. The opportunity to rebuild my business allowed me to transition into a role as a business coach and a personal brand strategist. Join us here each week where we share simple strategies to get you unstuck in life and business and on your way to living the life you've been dreaming of. I am your host, Shelley Niehaus, and this is the Educated, Empowered, Inspired Podcast. Hey, everybody, and thank you for joining us today on the Educated, Empowered, Inspired Podcast. We are so excited to have our guest, Emily Wagner, today. Emily is a web designer, a copywriter, with over 10 years of experience, who believes in empowering business owners to operate their websites at whatever level they're comfortable with. Her goal is to have each of her clients walk away from their projects well-educated and confident to make updates, process orders, and do anything else they need to do. While she has worked with service providers and e-commerce companies, she has recently pivoted to focus exclusively on building Shopify commerce sites because she loves watching online stores grow from zero sales to skyrocketing to the next level and beyond. Well, welcome, Emily. We're so excited to have you here today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. We are excited to have a web designer. When I was doing just a survey for topics and things that our listeners would be interested in, websites and and copywriting and SEO, that was all such an important topic to them because I feel so many business owners are just overwhelmed (laughs) and it feels hard. But before we dive into that topic and just discussing what web design looks like and what websites look like for the business owner, the small business owner, I want you to give me a little bit of your background and just tell us a little bit about how you got to doing what you're doing today. Okay. So for me, I am a homeschooling mom. So I've been a stay-at-home mom since my girls were born. They're 12 and 13 now. We've homeschooled since the beginning. And so when they were little, I was really looking for something that I could do from home. And I, in my background, I have a degree in journalism. And so that's where kind of the copywriting component comes in. Copywriting is just writing written content that sells. So it's not (laughs) anything super like overly complicated. Sometimes people think either copywriting, like the little C, that's different. So I was really just, yeah, looking for something that I could do from home. And I had different friends and family actually is how I got started was just doing websites for their businesses. I watched my father-in-law at that time spent a lot of money on a quote-unquote website that actually wasn't even a website. It was a graphic like uploaded to the internet as if it was a website and it did nothing for him understandably because it was a graphic social media or not social media search engines cannot search graphics. So it did nothing for him. And that just really got me peeved that like somebody would charge someone a bunch of money, this older guy who does not know like what he's doing or what he's getting. So he didn't know he didn't get anything good. And so that really set a fire for me to realize like, I can do this. I can keep up with this. I can learn the things and really make websites for people that really do what they say they're going to do. I think in my industry, there's just can be a lot of dishonesty. And so, or not, I don't want to say dishonesty, people are flat out lying, but like 
kind of taking advantage of business owners' lack of knowledge. And that's something that we're so passionate about is that our clients are very well educated. We don't want to take advantage of their knowledge, their lack of knowledge. We want to inform them. And so anyway, over time, the business has grown. My husband lost his job in uh, fall of 2019 and that he got laid off. They shut down his whole department. And so that really kind of set the fire for it becoming more of our full-time full-time gig. But we did do Amazon delivery driving in there. That was rough. We both did it full-time and we saw each other like one day a week. And so, yeah, that was a definitely a challenging season while we built the business, but now we've built it up to the place where I've been doing it full-time since, let's see, fall of 2020. And then he joined me in February of 2021. So now it's something that we do together and our girls are part of it as well. I love that. I love that you guys are doing it together and you make the whole family invested in not only the business, but just the success of the business and the mm-hmm. outcome. And you're modeling such a good behavior, I guess, or such a good example to your children with working together in the family business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. It's a lot of fun. So you talked about a pivot, a huge pivot you made when mm-hmm. you decided to start the business. Your husband got laid off and your Amazon driving. That's a lot right there. And one mm-hmm. of the my heart behind starting this podcast is I don't want people to get stuck. Mm-hmm. I want to help them get unstuck in life and business. And you did not stay stuck. You mm-hmm. did what it took to keep going, to keep moving and to take action. So just mm-hmm. take us back to that time and tell us kind of how did you overcome the fear or maybe the imposter syndrome, the self-sabotage, like all those things that just come into play and make you have to face those head on to be able to step into chasing the dream of building this company. Yeah. So I actually, to go a little bit backward, even from the Amazon delivery driving. So I had kind of started working again, doing my business. I had, when we moved to Idaho, I put things on hold and So earlier in 2018, started it back up again and my health tanked in August of 2018. And it was a combination of factors. It wasn't just my business. There was a lot of things personally that happened. And then just with my health, a lot of environmental issues that I was dealing with that I didn't know at the time. And then you add on top of that, like trying to run a business and all those things that come up. It's like, I was always a very confident person in corporate America, very good at what I did. I was always striving to be the best at what I did, not from a place of like needing to be the best, but I just like to work hard and I like to do things really, really well. And so, so I was used to that. And so to dive into a business where it's like, all of a sudden you don't know anything and it looks like everybody else out there knows more than you do. And all of those things really just led yeah, to a major health decline. But that also for me lit a fire under me because it was like, okay, I, I want to figure out like how to do this and do this from a place of health, like mm-hmm. not from health tanking, because I think a lot of business owners, it's almost like this thing like, oh yeah, I don't sleep. Oh yeah, I don't sleep. Oh, you sleep? Like, <laughs> and that is so unhealthy to be like thinking that that's normal to be up at 3 a.m. Just like thinking of all these things and stressing. I don't believe that that needs to be normal <laughs> to be a business owner. And so, so it's been a whole journey for me spiritually, physically with my health like I mentioned, environmental issues um, and really deciding that I wasn't going to let those hold me back. In fact, one of my health issues that I discovered, I think is just important to mention because I think more business owners are dealing with it than realize it is, I'm going to sound like the guy with the tinfoil hat, but it's electro, (laughs) if you've heard of EMFs, which are the electro, the fields that come off of electronics and 
I am what's called electrosensitive and I didn't realize that. So I worked with my laptop on my lap all the time and sitting in a chair. So many people do that. Work with your laptop on your lap. You've got Wi-Fi in your house. You've got all these things. And I thought that I was just having all this anxiety about my business. I thought that I just needed to get my mindset right. I just needed to do all these things. And uh, once we started learning more about the EMF stuff, it made me realize like, well, maybe that's bothering me. Like certain places I knew bothered me more than others. And I never knew why. And again, working with my laptop on my lap. So I started like separating my laptop from my body and realized like, wow, that makes a huge difference. And then we ended up turning off our Wi-Fi and we just have Ethernet in our home. So we just have wires and cables everywhere. It's not pretty, but it works. And that was literally like an overnight shift. When we turned the Wi-Fi off, like I finished work the next day and was like, wow, like I feel like when I used to work in corporate America, because this ages me, but I worked in corporate America before Wi-Fi was a thing. And so there wasn't Wi-Fi in our office. And so that has been a huge factor. It's like figuring out these different things that are going on. Like, is it really that it's just in my mind and I need to overcome these mindsets or are there things going on in my environment that might be affecting that as well? And really for me, I think the interesting thing, the Amazon driving, I've never done a job that's that physical and they have a lot of expectations for you. I was not the best at it because I'm also a rule follower. And so like, there were some things I feel like in order to be really fast, like you have to like park on the wrong side of the road and you have to do these things. And I was like, oh. no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and so that even was like humbling for me, but also to realize like, man, like I can make more like in an hour or two in my, my business than I can in 10 hours of doing Amazon delivery driving. And so really realizing also that like, I don't want to work for somebody else. I want to work for myself. I want to have that control over how much I make and what I'm doing. And, and so um, being able to kind of take that as the driving force of really getting the business going and overcoming those things and, and just dealing with like all the hard things that come up mentally and emotionally and not suppressing that because I think there's also a tendency to like, oh, I'm just going to push forward. I'm just going to push forward. Well, eventually your health is going to tank. I can promise you like your body will tell you eventually that it cannot keep doing that. And so the earlier that people can, can catch that, the better. <laughs> okay. There was so much to impact there, but Sorry. the first thing I <laughs> no, I love that. So the first thing I love is that you prioritized your health and mm -hmm. I think so many business entrepreneurs, small businesses have bought into that hustle culture or whatever. And we think we'll, we'll deal with our health when we are X, you know, when we make X amount of dollars or we have X amount of clients booked. Or, and I love how you redefined your definition of success. Your success was just the freedom to work in your business. It was the freedom to work with the clients and do what you love. And so the first mindset or transformation I got out of yours was that you really transformed what success looked like to you. And it wasn't necessarily a dollar sign or position, but it was that freedom and flexibility to be there for your family, be the homeschool mm -hmm. mom, do the, to focus on your health. So that's like, we're going to have to have you back for a whole nother conversation <laughs> on the EMF because that, that is mm -hmm. a, something I'd never even heard of. So I'm going to have to talk to you about that yeah. uh, later. But how did all of this kind of help you set yourself up to start in your web, in your web business? Let's go into your web business now and talk yeah. about how did all of this that you went through help you in this next phase? I think on one thing has just been being able to relate with my clients and relate with where they're at and to actually see more value in what I do. 
I think sometimes when we're doing just kind of a task or, you know, thing that feels super transformative to people, it's like, oh, it's just a website. Like I really viewed it that way. But then realizing for people that what we offer is so much more than just a website because our clients are able to walk away and they feel seen and they feel heard in their business from another business owner who gets where they're at. Mm -hmm. um, someone who can look at it from the outside and really be able to, to really see them and help them even bring themselves forward to realize the value of what they do or who they are through their website. And also to just build that confidence so that they can go out so many business owners that we talk to, it's like, they're like slyly handing their business card to someone and then they're <laughs> saying like, Hey, but don't look at my website. <laughs> like, or yeah, DIY my website. I mean, they're, they're, so then there's this sense of like insecurity that comes up just from trying to pass along a business card mm. or someone, someone who genuinely is saying like, Hey, I want to work with you. What's your website. And you're like, like, oh, uh, yes. but don't go, don't look at it. Cause I'm better than my website. I promise. Like, <laughs> And so being able to give that confidence to people and to really help them like be like, hey, here's my website. Like we've had clients who are like, sometimes when I'm bored at night, I just go to my website and I scroll it and it just makes me so happy. And, <laughs> and they've said that. I'm like, oh my goodness, like that is just so beautiful that like these are people who it used to be like, I go to my website and cringe, you know, like I wouldn't even go to it myself. I wouldn't buy from myself if I went to my website, you know? So to be able to take them from that to like, scrolling it at night because it's so pretty like it's okay well you've led me to exactly where I want to go with this because as a business coach I have seen a few limiting beliefs come up with my clients the first one and I feel like the pandemic has somewhat changed this but I don't need a website because Ooh. they're either all in-person referrals or they're just running their business on Facebook and and we all know my opinion of running your stuff exclusively on social media, it can go away tomorrow and you have no control over it. So I think that the limiting belief of maybe a website is not as important has gone, but the next one is viable option to get by. I don't really need to put a lot of time into it. Or, you know, as you said, I don't feel good about it or it's hard. Like there's just so much there. And I equate your website is like your online brick and mortar would you invite someone in to a crappy boutique that has boxes all over the place and clothes strung everywhere? I mean, you want your website to affect, to reflect your brand, to reflect your, you know, if you're a high touch service, you want your website to reflect that. If you're, you know, you know, fun, viable, you just want your website to be an extension of your business and your brand. So can you speak into just the importance of a website and the importance of having an on-brand website? Yeah. So that, and that's something that is very common. I feel like there are a lot of people who are out there who are coaches and I put that in quotes because <laughs> they're, you know, people who've been doing their business for like three months and it's exploded and I didn't need a website. You don't need a website either. And that can happen. Uh, but over time, those people all add in a website. like So they realize later and realizing that sometimes you don't realize how much business you're losing until you actually have the website. And then you realize like, oh, like your website is really what helps people to perceive you as being professional and knowledgeable and expert in your field. It shows that you've taken enough time to like get set up with a website. You know, you're serious about what you're doing. And like you mentioned, it's an extension of you. And so making sure that it's an extension of your personality and who you are and all of those things. Um, 
And it also just can save so much time. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that sometimes it's, and I think it's especially common in the creator industry of like, that you don't need it. You just sell in your DMs and do this and that and whatever else. But you save so much time. Like the clients that we brought over who've been doing that are like, wait, what? Like I can just do this and people, and people don't realize you can connect your online store to your social media. So you can still do that same post that's selling that product and have it linked to a product in your store but then all your sales are in one place. You're not trying to track people down. You're not doing all this follow-up and these things in your DMs and it's all there. It's all done for you. So it also just saves a lot of time. And I like to think of with websites, I think some people think they're just like a perfunctory thing, but I, we were in Portland a few weeks ago and I went to Ikea and it just reminded me of like, so Ikea has, you walk in and there's the whole storefront area. Like it's like your living room and your kitchen. And I mean, it's not like mine. I wish mine looked like that. Right. But, (laughs) but you know, it's all these different rooms so that you can experience what it's like to be there. And that's what your website is. And then they have, you know, you get downstairs and there's, or downstairs is the one that we go to, but you get to the room where it's just all cardboard boxes and like you said, like imagine walking into Ikea and it's just all cardboard boxes. Like nobody would buy from Ikea. Like not nobody, a handful of people would, right? And so maybe they could say, oh, cardboard boxes is a successful business model. Like I'm making money with cardboard boxes. Like you'll make a little bit, but that whole storefront concept where they've got like, and just lifestyle, you know, like where you're living in these rooms, you can picture you're sitting on the couch, you're, you're seeing things in place. Your website really is like that, like creating that environment for people so that they want to buy your product, so that they want to use your services, so that they understand like why they're different, why they're amazing. They can see those testimonials. They can see your portfolio. They can see, you know, the different information about your product and really find out more and feel like you've taken that time to educate them and to to really yeah, take your business seriously. Hey guys, before we get back to our conversation, I just wanted to take a quick moment to read a review from one of our amazing listeners. Perfectly titled, Educated, Empowered, Inspired. That is exactly how I feel after listening to this podcast. Shelly is a natural host, has a knack for understanding her listeners' pain points, and truly cares about all of her guests, bringing an extra heap of value to each and every episode. It is clear that Shelly creates content from a place of empathy and understands how to gently nudge her listeners to make small changes today that will have a significant impact later. If you're running a business and you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, you'll find inspiration here to help you begin to take the next right step to your dream life and business. Thank you so much, NZ Amanda, for that wonderful feedback. We appreciate your reviews and now back to the show. Oh, yes. Okay. You did two <laughs> things that I love that you just said. First of all, it gives you credibility. Mm-hmm. A business owner that does not have a website and also, in my opinion, a business email. Those are two things mm-hmm. that, that I see that I won't do business with you because that just shows me you're not taking yourself seriously. You're not professional. So mm-hmm. that's just like it to me. It's like the entry level to play is you have a website. But when yeah. you just mentioned the IKEA analogy, first of all, I'm never going to go to IKEA the same mm-hmm. because I am one of those people that I need to see how they displayed those planters or mm-hmm. that table. Like when I go into those rooms, and I'm like, oh, I'm not a visual person as far as I look at that planter in that cardboard box and think I could do this and this and this. But when you put it in the Ikea setup, I will spend so much more money 
because mm-hmm. I now see how those products and services translate to my life. Mm-hmm. And I think you hit on it that you, your clients will level up their spending. You'll get more clients mm-hmm. because they see how your products translate into their business, their life or whatever, whoever you're doing business with. For sure. Well, and that business email thing is totally a huge thing too. Both of those things are ways that you very quickly can charge more. Like, and it's, it, it's not that people necessarily think cognitively. I think cognitively about it, like that there's a Gmail, like, oh, we need to upgrade that. But, but people subconsciously perceive mm. something as being of a higher value based on the quality of the website, based on the quality of, you know, that email, even though it's literally like a simple thing, we all know it doesn't take that long to like set up an email account at yourwebsite.com, but that elevates things and allows you to charge more and to do more business. Okay. You said it's simple and and I agree, but there are so many people that it's hard. It's Mm -hmm. hard for them. Oh yeah. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) No, I agree. Like, so so let's talk about, and and, and I'm trying to learn that too, is like what seems so easy for some Mm -hmm. of us can be really hard for that person. That's like, okay, where do I start? Yeah. So why don't we talk about what are a few of the things that every website needs to have and why? And just think about it from the person that might be doing their business online in, in like a, you know, a social media type thing, like where would they go? Where do they start? Yeah. So I would say the first thing is, do we want to talk about platforms right now? Like would that be kind of intro? So uh, your platform is basically just what your website is built on the software that's used to build it. And there's a lot of misinformation about there that in order to be in serious business or in order to get a good SEO or whatever else you need to be on WordPress. If someone's a service provider, we typically recommend that they use Squarespace. We do recommend that over Wix. Over time, it's less expensive and the designs are more um, mobile friendly. And there's, there's a lot of reasons in there I could go into, but so Squarespace, if you're a service provider, and they do have templates, they have drag and drop things um, that you can use. Uh, and then for e-commerce, so online stores, so somebody wanting to sell products, we actually don't recommend using Squarespace. So they have a commerce platform, but it's not very robust. So for those online stores, we recommend Shopify. And Shopify is one of those um, softwares. It's also very easy to use, get set up. I say easy to use, but again, it, it can right. be complex. Like that's why we do what we do. We help you get it all set up for you. And then we teach you how to do any maintenance that you want to do. We teach you how to process orders, the things that you really need to do. But also we have clients who we've worked with and we've just done audits on their sites and we've revamped things for them, but they've gotten their sites up and going. And Shopify is great because it works for the just beginning. You haven't sold anything product level to, we have clients doing over 6 million a month on it. So it go it can grow with you and be really scalable versus a lot of other e-commerce platforms at some point, including Squarespace, you kind of hit this peak of what you can do in it. And then you have to switch. We'd ha- we hate for people to have to like switch midstream. <laughs> right. So if you can start out with the platform that's best for you, then, then that's what we recommend. <laughs> and as a person who's been the consumer on both the Squarespace site and the Shopify site, I love their interface. Like I just, mm-hmm. I like the way that they translate as the end user So I think that that's a good place to start. Okay, so maybe they're thinking I'm open to a website. I'm going to go with Squarespace or Shopify depending on my business model. Let's talk about a few of the things that they may need on their website. Like maybe what are, you could either talk about the pages that you, just the basic, we're talking viable option on the pages that they should have 
or maybe if you want to just address the front page, what are some things they need to have on the front page, but just give them a small starting point of where they would go if they were going to either look for a web designer or build it themselves. Yeah. So, and this is something that I find really interesting, how many websites are missing kind of these integral components, even sometimes ones designed by professional designers. So that's one thing to look for when you're looking for designers that they have all the pieces in their own site and in their client site. So obviously you could have a million pages on your website, but if you're just going for the basic things, you want to obviously have your homepage. And then, and on there, the very first thing you want to be doing is addressing pain point of what your services, what your product meets for people. And so addressing that right away, right? So people know the moment they hit your site, what you do, who you do it for, don't leave them wondering what kind of a brand you are, because most people make their decisions split second, they don't even scroll and then they're back off if it's confusing. So letting them know that. And then you want to have an about page. So that is something that is always fascinating to me. A lot of people want to hide in their businesses. They are like, I will talk about my services, but not about myself. Or maybe they have an about page, Mm -hmm. but it's really like stuffy. And it's like, our company does X, Y, and Z. And it might even say our company, even though it's just one person. And so really having an about page that, yes, talks about your customers. There's a lot out there right now that's like, your about page isn't about you. And it's about all these other things, but people actually like when you hit an about page, like I want to know who's behind the company, like people buy from people. And so don't be afraid to get out there and to show yourself, share a few little fun facts or not just the fun facts, obviously don't lead with those, but those can be a way to make connection. And I think people are afraid of being seen and afraid of people not wanting to work with them once they see them or once they hear more about them. But you really want to be attracting people who want to work with Mm -hmm. you or buy from you or tell your story like if you developed a product why did you develop that product or if you're selling other people's products why did you choose to like sell these products and then you know who you are as a person and really sharing that so that about page really creates that personal connection and then a contact page (laughs) there are a lot of websites without a contact page so they put their contact information in the footer sometimes there's no contact information and if you're selling e-commerce like that's the, a surefire way if you're trying to sell products online to look totally scammy if there is no way to get in touch with you. So so you really want to have a contact page. You want to have that prominent. It's up in your header menu. That's the menu at the top of your site on the far right. That's where everybody looks for it. So having that contact page and you do not have to have like your email and phone number. Like if you don't want to have that, you can just have a contact form. That's enough for people. But you want to have some way to get in touch yes. with you and a clear way to do that. That builds a lot of trust even if you're selling products and someone never contacts you, that builds trust because they see that they could contact you. And again, it's all this like back of the brain subconscious things that people don't even realize that they're using and making their decision-making processes, but definitely are looking for that. And then you want to have legal policies and that can make people start to have like heart palpitations. Mm-hmm. And go, I'm never going to have a website. I don't have legal policies. Like that just sounds hard. And you can So this isn't legal advice, but you can go to a lawyer, right? And have them write them up. When I went to my lawyer and was working on other things and I asked him about this, he said, really, the online generators are pretty good. So there are a lot of free online generators. Shopify actually has policy starter policies that you can use and just put your name in there and add some things. But having your legal policies there, which is like terms and conditions for all sites, uh, privacy policy for all sites. And then if you are selling anything, your refund policy and your shipping policy, again, not legal advice. So <laughs> don't take this as that, but those are the typical things that sites need to have. And so 
having those and they don't need to be anything pretty. You can just copy and paste it from the policy generator site and put it in your site, but just having that to protect yourself. I say for the legal policies, that doesn't need to be a stand. Can that just be a link in, in like the header? I mean, or the footer down there, or does it need to be, it doesn't yeah, need just, to be a, a prominent page, right? It just needs correct. to be linked somewhere. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So if you go to most websites and go down in the footer, you'll see some in some way in the footer being the very bottom menu of the website area, just a link down there to the different policies. Okay. And I think you had something else you were going to list before I jumped in. So then I was going to say, so for service providers, so we have a home about contact and legal policies. And then if you're a service provider, you're going to have a services page. And on there, you're just going to talk in even more depth about what you do, who you do it for. So making it clear so that people know what are the options, what are the ways to work with you. And then a portfolio or testimonials. And those things can be sprinkled throughout pages. But you can also have a standalone page. And I would definitely recommend that the portfolio standalone if the work that you do is something that can be shown visually. So like what we do, website design or photographers, like people want to see. And so you want to make sure that that's really easy to find so people can see your work, see more of your work if they've already seen some of it. And then for e-commerce sites, you want to have collection pages or something that I see a lot missing. And a collection is basically just when you have more than about 10 products, you want to start breaking them out into the different options or types. So if you sell skincare products, but you've got 40 of them, then maybe have a page for your lotions and you have a page for your washes and you have a page, you know, for the different types of products, your eye care products, body care, things like that, just to help make it easier for people to shop. There's nothing worse than like going to a site and it's just all their products. And I I see this a lot with DIY, especially on the e-commerce sites where it's just all their products. And it's like, well, what if I just want to look at the pillows? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I saw a post that you had a pillow and I liked it, but now I can't find the pillows. I have to look through 16 pages of products just to find the pillows because they're scattered throughout. So using those pages to bring things together, and that's something that Shopify makes really simple to do. But having those, and then on your product pages, most people aren't missing those, but with the product pages, making sure that you don't have a big long description of the product before the add to cart button. On desktop, like on a computer screen, that can look fine because the add to cart button's still showing. But on a phone, when you have to scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll Mm-mm. to find the add to cart button, like that does not create good user experience or a positive experience. And sometimes people will just leave if they can't find an easy way to do that. So making sure that it's like the product photo, the name of the product, maybe the price and then quantity button and add to cart so that it's just right there really easy for people to find. You gave us some really good, a list. I I wrote it down here to make sure Mm -hmm. we all have it. Uh, I'm actually going to link to your website and my website in the show notes because Mm -hmm. both of our websites have most of these pages and it's just a good visual for them to see how we've put them together uh, just, you know, just as a starting point, mm-hmm. but you talked about something and I, and I just wanted to end on this before we go into talking about maybe some action items for them. You really need to think about what your website looks like on a mobile device. Most people mm-hmm. are looking at your website on a mobile device. So if you are designing your own website, a, you want it to be web responsive or mobile responsive, but you also 
just make sure you're going and looking at what the user experience is as a mobile user. Because I know when I look at the back end of my website, I think I'm over 60 to 70% of people come to my website through a mobile device. And so I want to make sure that everything is really user-friendly. It's easy to know, you know, what I do, what I'm all about and how to contact me and how to do business with me from a mobile device. And I see that missing from so many websites is it looks great on a desktop. And even if it is mobile responsive, you're right. They have so much of a description that you're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and it takes forever to click the, you know, find out more, learn more, add the cart button. So definitely mm-hmm. keep that in mind. Yeah. Okay. That's something too, to look at when someone's looking to hire a designer is making sure that you're looking at their portfolio, not just on their portfolio page, but actually going to the live sites and looking at them because some, even some designers, it looks good on the desktop version that they have on their site, but you get to the mobile version and it's like, whoa, that was a weird transition. And that's actually, like I mentioned, one reason why we don't use Wix as a platform because the sites, depending on what size screen you design it on, then as it goes smaller, I'll watch people on DIY Wix sites where it's like, literally, I can't see your full menu. It disappears. Mm-hmm. And so really making sure that that things are are set up there well and making sure to within that, both for mobile and desktop, that your navigation follows a flow that makes sense. So like if you and your navigation being like that menu at the top, right? When someone comes to your site, like if you're a, an e-commerce provider, the first thing they should see up top is shop because mm-hmm. that's what people you want people to do is shop. If you're a service provider, first thing they should see there is services because that's mm-hmm. what you do. And services can be called what we do. You could say that instead of services, but don't make it something kitschy and cute and mm-hmm. whatever. Like don't confuse people. And then they should see next up should be your portfolio or if you've got a testimonials page. And then after that is the about and then contact, like keeping that really simple navigation at the top, both for desktop and mobile, because people get decision fatigue. Like we're making so many decisions all day long, especially with digital devices. and, And so making it really easy for people to find that. Yes. So go for clarity over cleverness in all of your titles and everything, because you don't want anyone to have to use any more brain power than necessary and clear call to actions, as she mentioned, mm-hmm. so that you know exactly what your next step is. Cause that's what you want. You don't want your client to have to, or your future client to have to wonder what the next step is. It's your job as a professional to map that journey out for them. Yeah. One of fascinating I was reading something that like psychologists have found that. So in real life, we don't typically like people to tell us what to do, but on the internet, we love it. So we want, we actually want someone to tell us what to do because we don't want to have to make the decision. So when you're not telling people buy now, shop now, or when you're hesitant, like get in touch, let's chat, you know, having those calls to action, like that tells people what to do because they'll get to the bottom of a page and go, huh, and then just leave. (laughs) But if you tell them get in touch or shop now or whatever, or here's some other products, if they've reached the bottom and they didn't want to buy that one, here's some other products to check out. That's giving them the next step. It's telling them what to do. And for whatever reason, we like to be told what to do when we're on the internet. So (laughs) I'm all about that. If I don't have to think anymore, let's, let's make it easy. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you have a great resource for people that are maybe open to starting a website or maybe auditing their own website and your resources create a high converting homepage. And you have another one that's a 60 second web audit, 60 second web audit. Tell us a little bit about those resources and how our listeners can find them. Yeah, so we will, you're going to put the link in the show yes. notes, right, for being able to access either of those. The high converting homepage 
is really just about the different sections that you want to make sure that you have on your homepage that's really going to be, and by converting, we just mean that's getting people to take an action. So getting them to buy your product, getting them to reach out to you. And so in there, we break down each different section that you should have on your site with some tips, the reasons why you should have them, and then uh, what to include in those areas. And so that can just be a great resource if somebody is just is looking to DIY or maybe just looking to look at their site. Maybe they have hired somebody, but they're realizing like, hmm, I'm not sure that they took into account all of these things. Looking at your homepage, you're going, okay, do I have this section? Do I have that section? Do I have this next step? Um, and so really just breaking that down for them of what should be on your homepage to really make sure that people aren't just getting to your homepage, looking and clicking back off right away. Okay. And then on the 60 second website audits, those are something just really fun that we've started doing where we just go in. It's a free resource for people. We go in and I promise I'm really nice in them, but I will, I create a video. It's like a talking head of me over top of somebody's website. I'm just giving 60 seconds worth of input into what can be updated about the website to really get it working for them. It's been fabulous because I naturally am a fast talker. And so <laughs> social media right now is a great place if you talk fast. And so I try to talk as fast as I can, get as much out as I can. The last couple have been more like 90 seconds because I just can't resist like offering a little bit more insight. But that can be a great way too. If you just want to get a few tips on getting you started and getting your website going in the right direction, then we can take a look at it and give our insights. Awesome. Okay. You've got to take advantage of that because the 60 second web audit, I mean, we could all benefit mm -hmm. from that. So definitely check those out. I will have this linked in the show notes. We've talked about so much today. And one of the things I always like to leave our listeners with an action step, like a tactical or practical thing they can do this week. That's maybe you land this plane, bring it down, something simple. If you're a business owner and you're wanting to, you know, maybe find out more about your website or audit your website, Outside of your 60-second web audit, which I'm going to say is a great tactical thing to do, just what's one small step our listeners can do this week to kind of start this journey? Yeah, for sure. I would say that a big thing would be just go and look at your own website from the perspective of just thinking, like, would I want to do business with me? Like, would this land? And maybe you're not your ideal client, so you've got to think about that. Like, maybe I'm not my ideal client, so I wouldn't want to do business with me because I couldn't afford me or whatever else. But realizing like, okay, if I look at this thing and go eh, about this section or that verbiage or whatever else, then other people are probably doing that too. And, and so really looking at that and going, well, how could I tweak that word or that button or move that thing around a way that would make me want to buy it and being able to kind of do that and look at it kind of just with those fresh set of eyes and, and then kind of a secondary one to be like, if you don't have an about page, go create one <laughs> yes. and don't be afraid to just show up and show up as you and think about, okay, when I get on a call, when I'm talking with somebody in a room, like, what do I tell them? What do I say? How do I talk? And just write like you talk, like, um, stop trying to sound all extra professional, whatever else. And I struggle with this. Like I have clients who a few years ago when I met them, they're like, I would not like from your social media, I do not get you. And once I met you in person, I for sure want mm. to work with you, but your social media is a little like staunch and, you know, stodgy. So um. it's a process. It takes time. Mm -hmm. In fact, I'll link also in the show notes. I have a resource that I 
have for my branding clients, it's six tips to writing an awesome about me page. Mm -hmm. So between Emily's web audit and her high converting homepage and my awesome about me page, you're set on getting some Mm -hmm. traction. But then at the end of the day, we may have some clients that or some listeners that just are like, I don't want to do this. And I always say, if it's going to take you more than 30 days to figure something out, outsource that puppy because you're better off creating or coaching or whatever it is. And so for those people that don't have the time, the bandwidth or the desire to really do this on their own, tell us where they can find you and how they can work with you. Yeah. So our website is bettertogetherstudio.co. And the better together just comes from the idea that we just believe that life is better together, like just done in community. And so when we do what we love, you do what you love, then you're empowered. Like we're all just empowered and enjoying life. So it's bettertogetherstudio.co. And that's the same on Instagram. It's the same on Facebook and it's better together studio. Um, So that's the way that people could find us and just reach out either DMS or the contact form. And like Shelly said, you could check out our website and then see the things that we have there. See what I've been talking about. You'll see it in action. So Awesome. Well, thank you. So before we say goodbye today, I always ask my guests one last question because we want to leave them inspired, our listeners inspired. What is something that inspires you? Yeah. So as I I was thinking about this, because you sent me this question in advance. And so I think as cliche as it might sound, the thing that really just inspires me to kick me up every morning is just knowing how loved I am. Like just my faith is a huge part of my life. And so knowing that like I am loved by my creator, that even if I sit on my couch all day long, I'm loved. And so that is something that for me motivates me to then do and to actually be in action. And I had a really cool experience in 2020 uh, of taking that love from like a head knowledge to a heart knowledge that now I just, I feel literally just feel loved. And so being able to just extend that out in my business, in my life, being able to come from a place of just really deep peace of knowing how loved that I am inspires me to just keep moving forward in life and to love other people. Oh, I love that. You said you could take, you took it from a head knowledge to a heart space. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and it think... was, that could be a whole other episode too. It was, like, it was a huge, <laughs> like supernatural experience. It's crazy. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to have to have you back twice now right. or <laughs> to, to talk about both of those, because I think that's something a lot of people are trying to do is get out of their head or, you know, get, mm-hmm. and get into more of their heart and take that mm-hmm. love and light out into the world. So we will yeah. have you back to share that story with us too, Emily. So well, knowing too, your identity doesn't come from being a business owner. Your identity doesn't come from what uh, other people think about you. Your identity doesn't come from how much money you make or any of those things. Like you have a deeper identity that defines who you are. And those things are just icing on the cake, but nothing that happens in those arenas can change that. So yes, go back and listen to that. Just rewind that a few seconds, because <laughs> at the end of the day, that truly is what it's all about. You know, we're here, we're making a difference and, and we're, we're, we're living out our calling, but it doesn't define us. And I think sometimes business owners, especially female business owners need to hear that because we mm-hmm. put so much of our identity sometimes into our business or, you know, our worth. And that's just not where it comes from. So thank mm-hmm. you for reminding us of that. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. I loved our chat. Uh, I'm going to have all of our links in the show notes. So be sure you click on the websites, all the freebies, because we want to 
help you guys empower yourselves to either start your own website audit and get out there and level up your own website or contact Emily and see how you guys can work together. I've seen several of her clients work. She does beautiful work. And again, it's just about developing that presence, that online presence that gives you the confidence that she talked about at the beginning, where she really helps empower uh, entrepreneurs through her website. Get it out there and figure out how you can inspire some confidence in yourself by leveling up your online presence. So we would love to hear how this message inspired you today. Send us a quick message and let us know. We can't wait to hear from you. And remember, wherever you are in your life or business today, don't stay stuck, keep going, and be brave. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. If you were educated, empowered, or inspired, please follow and leave a review and share this episode with a friend. I want to help you get unstuck in life and business so you can build the life of your dreams. The first step on that journey is learning to calm the chaos and make space for what matters. Get my secret weapon for finding time in your busy life to make good things happen. Just click on the link in the show notes and grab my simple strategies to overcome overwhelm and take back your life. And until next time, remember, don't get stuck, keep going, and be brave.